welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Um, just uh, doing this right before practice, another practice mm-hmm. session. So um, just UM football in, in full, uh, you know, full bloom. Yeah, we're in full uh, season mode, basically, at this point. Uh Got a high school football game to cover later on today. So uh, football season is here. It is, is very much here. Um, as Susan just mentioned, we're recording this uh, Thursday morning. Uh, they practice tonight uh, because this goes up at like 7 a.m. on Friday mornings. We don't really have time to record after practice tonight. Um, so if anything crazy happens and we don't talk about it, uh, that is why. Um, but we are now through, as we record, basically two and a half weeks of practices um mm-hmm. gotten to see a pretty decent amount uh obviously we saw the two full practices the first weekend um i was gone last week but you got to see a couple you know 40 minute chunks of practice we saw another 40 minute chunk of practice on tuesday uh obviously we have a, there's a scrimmage that has happened um which we did not get to watch but got you know a little bit of insight from the coaches and stuff like that about it and so we figured it was a good time. Um, you know, we obviously came into camp with um, some some preconceived notions about everyone, um, and now with two and a half weeks of practice behind us, uh, we figured it's time to kind of check in on some of the risers and fallers uh, on the depth chart, and maybe just based on what we have seen uh, through the first couple of weeks. Uh, so let's play a little uh, stock up, stock down. Does that sound good to you, Susan? Yep, sounds great. All right. Um, so I've got listed out here um, three guys who stock are up, plus a couple other names that we can maybe mention. I'm sure you have a couple others you want to mention. Um, so we'll do that in the first half of the episode, then we'll, we'll talk about some of the uh, the questions we have later on in the second half. I think it's hard to say anyone's stock is like too far down right now. Um, you know, it's not like anyone has been massively underwhelming. I don't think you know it's hard to be massively underwhelming in, in these practice settings, um, but the, the stock up is, it's, I think, a more interesting conversation. So let's start there. Number one I have on this list is a guy you wrote about on, uh, I guess, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, sort of. Uh, Keontra Smith, uh, who seems to be a front runner right now in the linebacker competition. He was one of the uh, top performers of the scrimmage, uh, from what it sounds like, on Sunday. Um, we've seen him working a lot with the first team linebackers linebackers, a spot that it's been a little trickier for us to see during practice just based on where they line up and where uh, we get to watch practice from. But, um, you know, talking to uh, Blake, uh, sorry, not Blake Baker, uh, Jonathan Patkey on, yep. on Tuesday. Uh, I mean, he didn't really hide it that the country Smith right now is kind of a front runner to start at linebacker. He did say that. Well, he said at least, yeah. At least right now. It's a, if the season started tomorrow, it sounds like Keontra Smith would be the starting weak side linebacker. Yeah. I, he said that, uh, you know, in the scrimmage on uh, last Sunday night, um, he said that he was, uh, that Keontra was, you know, that he was the best, best in the linebacker room. And he said the other guys, you know, know that. Uh, and that he said, he told them, it's not that you play bad, but the ball just found Keontra. I, I think Keontra found the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what he's got. He's got those instincts. That was kind of what he had a reputation for coming in, was being this, like, extinct, instinctual, 
box safety, like in the mold of Jaquan Johnson or, or any of the other guys who've played the box at a really high level in, in Manny's defense. Yeah. He likes, he likes playing linebacker position, uh, playing in the box and, and he, um, he's fast. Apparently he's very fast. And, uh, and, you know, and he, and he does everything right. Apparently he communicates well. Um, he, you know, he, get, he makes all those stats, uh, you know, he tackles well. Um, you know, the only thing you can say that's, that's a detriment, it's not his fault, is that he's not, you know, particularly large. Yeah. Smaller guy. Um, he's listed as 205 pounds, which is crazy, right? Yeah, For major college football, it's scary, crazy. But he said... Uh, you know, Counter told us he, he had gained 10 pounds to 215, which is still super small, I think. I mean, compared to the other guys I've covered in the past, um, you know, the dominant linebacker. So that's that's the only concern, but he's apparently very talented. And uh, I have a feeling he'll be getting one of the starts and his stock is, is definitely up. It's now the question is, you know, just like with everybody else, how how will he do against, you know, elite Alabama, big, you know, strong, uh, you know, the best, prob- probably I would say the best skilled guys in the nation are among the best yeah, skilled definitely. guys every year. Yeah, and, and one of the biggest offensive lines in the country. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the concern, right? I, I asked Packy about this on, on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, I think if the season started right now, you'd be looking at Keontra Smith as the weak side linebacker and Corey Flagg as the middle linebacker. And that is, quite frankly, just a really small linebackers group. Um, You know, Keontra's got decent length and that kind of like he's, you know, it's not like linebackers need to be giant uh, anymore with the way the sport is. But, you know, he's he's got some height to him, some length, but like you said, 215 pounds and, um, you know, came in as a recruited, obviously, as a safety I know some schools even liked him as a uh, potentially an interesting developmental guy at cornerback when he was being recruited, um, you know, wound up at striker, obviously, you know, he was not supposed to be playing linebacker in college. And then Corey flag, who's, who's got that like fire hydrant build, like he's, he's stocky and um, Packy said they like his, his wingspan and, and hands um, right. kind of make up for some of it, but he's listed at what? Five eleven, Like that's a and two thirty. I don't think he's five eleven. Do you? Yeah, probably five ten. You know, usually I don't I, know. I kind of assume yeah. they give a guy an inch on on those as someone who yeah. gives himself an inch in most uh, on most height form. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's that that's a really small linebacker group. It seems like those are their two best guys right now. I'm not totally ruling out Sam Brooks once he, you know, he's obviously got a lot of injury concerns and is coming off an injury, but right um yeah i'm not totally ruling him out as a factor in the competition and and i think we're all still waiting on avery huff but but for now um you know keontra seems to be like if you had to just pencil in one linebacker he is he's the guy that that at this point is is the front runner i think that's um you know that that's worth getting excited about right it's it's unorthodox but just from a talent standpoint we've talked a lot about the fact that they've just not recruited linebackers well and and obviously um, you know, that means that a guy like Keontra Smith has to maybe play out of position, but, um, you know, it seems clear that, that they know they need to just kind of get high upside guys there. And, and Keontra is, you know, linebackers, it's almost more important to be able to cover and roam side to side than, than you know, be kind of a Shaq Quarterman looking middle linebacker these days. 
Obviously, Keontra is on the extreme end of the small linebacker spectrum and, and really probably fits much better as a striker. Um, but, you know, I think he's got certainly upside at that position that, that I don't know if a lot of other guys in that position group have. Yeah, agree. And, you know, we didn't mention Tyreek Austin Cave, who is yeah, who's, he's injured. And I think yeah. he was uh, and he was working out with, uh, you know, the guys on the sidelines. So that's that's a blow also. Yeah. And he, he's another one of the highest upside guys, I think at the position um, because of his speed, he, he was like kind of a track right. star in high school. Um, again, like a lot of small linebackers, it's, it was a kind of concerted effort to get a little smaller, not necessarily smaller, but get a little faster at linebacker. And that means they've got a lot of, a lot of smaller guys at that position. Um, and, uh, you know, Keontra is kind of the extreme example of it. Uh, number two I've got on, on stock up is this is strictly basically a, a scrimmage takeaway. And that's Jacoby George, uh, who was, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but more than a hundred yards in the spring game or in the scrimmage, I mean, yeah. wow. um, was the most productive receiver, at least from, from the info we got. And um, he has always been kind of the forgotten man, I think in this freshman class of wide receivers who uh, I guess they've dubbed themselves the three amigos, or I think I saw Mike Harley tweet that they're like the hyenas from uh, Lion King. Um, uh, obviously, Brashard Smith got a lot of the attention from, from just, you know, he's kind of a, a freak from a speed standpoint. Um, Romello Brinson, you know, look kind of, he's skinny, but like has that length and looks the part and obviously played at Miami Northwestern, which is, you know, has a lot of fans down here in South Florida. And then Jacoby George, who's kind of like a, a slot guy, I think, um, you know, grew up kind of in under the wing of, of Mike Harley. You can kind of see some similarities in, in them. Um, and obviously played like Plantation, which is a kind of a smaller brand program. It, it kind of led him to fly under the radar. And then even in, in the first couple practices we saw, I think, you know, Richard made that made a nice one-handed catch. I think Romello looked, you know, looked pretty impressive. Um, but then Jacoby George in, in that scrimmage uh, atmosphere obviously uh, played really well. You know, we don't know what that who he was doing that against, but still, obviously, uh, right. you know, a positive sign. And and it sounds like Miami coming out of that scrimmage was like, all right, this is a pretty open competition, right? Yeah, I, I uh, for sure. Like uh, Rhett Lashley said that um, that this week definitely they were going to give. Uh, the younger guys, they were going to let them go against some of the more experienced, older um, DBs in practice. And remember, you know, we don't see all the practice, all the practice. So we don't see a lot of that. But um, Jacoby George, seven catches for 127 yards in the touchdown. I mean, <laughs> if they have that in a game every every week, they're be, they'll be in good shape. Um, Romelo Brinson, Brinson, four catches for 73 yards. Uh, you know, excellent. Um, so they're, they're very high on those three guys and yeah, definitely stock up for them. Yeah. I mean, I'll say um, Jacoby George, I think has kind of always been that forgotten man, but I, I will say, um, you know, to take you a little behind the scenes when we were discussing our players of the year for football this year, um, you know, Jacoby George got real consideration as, as our Broward big schools player of the year. It was, you know, obviously a weird season where everyone was playing different numbers of games, but he put up some huge numbers in, in a small sample, like in their small sample size and, you know, wide receivers kind of seldom win that kind of award, right? It's like tough, you know, it's like a running back quarterback um, award on the offensive side, but 
he, he was just really productive. And uh, Brashard Smith also, I don't even remember, maybe we did make him our Dade County Big Schools Player of the Year. Um, so, you know, those, those two guys were, were both really productive. So it's not surprising to me to see them. Um, all Really all three of them push for some playing time here. I think there's a pretty clear pecking order right now. You know, we've talked a lot about the Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley being locked in and then seemingly Keyshawn Smith and Xavier Restrepo kind of as that next group. And then obviously Pope and Wiggins, but um, you know, at at any point it feels like one of these guys could, could ascend into that top six and and get real playing time. I don't know if we'll see all three of them at the same time, but um, you know, Jacoby George, I think has thrust himself into that, that next group with, Brashard with Romello and that group has a chance to, to push for real playing time. Yeah. And I think also uh, like you just said, I mean, for sure. Keyshawn- we, did, but we did make Brashard Smith our offensive player of the year for, for <laughs> but, play quarterback for them in the playoffs and took them to their best season ever at Palmetto. A lot of, a lot of Smiths I'm noticing just like Williams. Well, it is like the most common last name in the world, right? <laughs> well, we, so we got, yeah, Burchard and Keontra now and, and Keyshawn. Keyshawn, yep. We cannot forget. I know you mentioned him, but he's definitely stock up. I mean, I, I think he's going to be the third starter. Keyshawn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the only reason I didn't have him listed here is because he was the third starter in the spring game, so I think his stock had kind of already gone up. But I guess, yes, right. like the last time he played, last time Miami played a real game, his stock is way up. And yeah. it sounds like he did really well in the, the summer, too, just based on, like, the way dear King talks about him and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He had a great, um, he had a great scrimmage too. So yeah. A spring. I'm sorry. He had a, we don't, we don't really know how he did. They didn't really mention, but I don't listen. They, uh, Manny Diaz did not mention a lot of, of staff yes. like uh, picks, you know, interceptions, uh, most defensive things he didn't talk about. Um, uh, he didn't kind of, I think, for sure, purposely, he left out some guys. So uh, yeah. I know about Keyshawn Smith, but I, he's def- his stock is up. Yeah. Uh, last one I've got on stock up here is uh, Elijah Arroyo. And this is – we talked about him, I think, last week, actually, about how we kind of thought that if there's one freshman you feel really confident is going to get real playing time is Elijah Arroyo. Um, obviously, injury kept him out in the spring, and but – um, this is kind of based on Rhett Lashley's comments where he said straight up, like, expect this guy to play this year. Oh, and yeah. With that number two tight end spot open, it seems he's like smart. he's a guy. Yeah. Knows his route running. Uh, definitely. Uh, his stock is definitely up. And he will play. And who knows how much he will ascend in that, you know, lineup. Right. Yeah. I get the, the one question there is, you know, I don't think Rhett Lashley's offenses typically use two tight ends. I think, you know, obviously Miami in the past and when Mark Richt was running his pro style stuff, played a lot of two tight ends. Um, So he had two like star tight ends on the roster last year, which meant he was finding ways to get Mallory and and Brevin Jordan on the field at the same time. The one question I think this year is how much two tight end um, Miami will use, which could affect how much Elijah Royal plays. Um, But, but either way, this is a guy, obviously, who missed, like I said, missed all of spring, and, and it seems like is maybe the front runner to be the number two tight end. So, obvious stock up to me. Yep. Um, you got any other guys you want to mention in, in this last group here, or in this first group here, I should say? Yeah, I mean, I would say just kind of 
stock up in that, um, you know, uh, D, you know, DJ Scaife has right. play. He was, you know, he started last year and he was kind of the sixth offensive lineman, it seems, right, in camp. And then we're, we're going to talk about stock down, stock, stock, you know, staying the same, holding. But um, with Zion Nelson out for several practices or sideline for at least viewing some of the viewing we've seen. Um, DJ Scape has, you know, come in a tackle and mm. at first he was playing uh, left, left tackle. And then the last practice we saw on Thursday, last Thursday night, he was, he switched to right tackle. Uh, excuse me. Uh, that would have been Tuesday. He switched to right tackle and Jared Williams went to left tackle. So yeah. I think DJ is very important. So I, I'm hoping his stock is up. Um, and I also wanted to mention Xavier Restrepo um, has been doing a very good job, uh, you know, catching balls um, in the slot, uh, you know, just uh, energetic, goes for every single thing, plays a thousand percent. Um, yeah, he falls in that Keyshawn Smith category too, right? Where it's like after the spring, we kind of knew they were here um, and they're just continuing to solidify themselves is yeah, exactly probably and, the top four right now. Yeah. And also on special teams, um, Xavier has been doing punt returns and apparently he's, he's improved and uh, you know, his, his mental game is better in that area. You know, he had some muffs last year, but he's uh, you know, John Pack, he said he was doing well returning punts. Yeah. So he's one of my, he's another guy I think whose stock is up. And of course you, uh, like we really haven't seen, I mean, Cameron Harris, uh, you know, we talked to last week and he's um, running back. Uh, he's clearly the number one and he wasn't a red, a red uh, non-contact Jersey last week yeah. on Tuesday, he was back. So I'm, I'm not sure what's his story, but he's um, seems like his stock is up, but we haven't really seen that much of yeah. him. Yeah, the other couple of guys I had listed were, were Harris just because, uh, you know, he looks physically, you know, he was already, um, you know, he popped up on that freaks list as we talked about, and, and he looks even physically better this year. And um, I, I think he's a candidate for a breakout more so than a, a stock up guy right now. Um, I mentioned yeah. DJ Ivy because he's been working with the ones at practice uh, a lot, especially coming off the scrimmage, um, which, you know, I, I think we all assumed it was going to be Tyreek job to lose there and uh you know ivy seems like he's, he's right in that mix too uh and those guys were high school teammates i should say um and then i also mentioned leonard taylor who with with nesta silvera uh missing practice or at least missing the portion of practice we saw tuesday um all right you no know, it seems to be maybe in, in position to, to get an opportunity to move up this depth chart yeah um for sure uh he, he looks Looks very good. Yeah. All right. Um, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, with some guys whose stocks are maybe down after the first couple weeks of practice. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, 
live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Uh, stock down. And, and this is a little trickier because, again, I, I don't think anyone is really like proven they're like falling at this point um you know even guys like you know for example we we kind of think there's a top four of a wide receiver with with Restrepo and Keyshawn as three and four um which means I guess in theory Pope and and Wiggins are stocked down but I actually think they've looked pretty good in the portions of practice I've seen and um Uh, and I think you know, it remains to be seen. Pope might be, yeah, Pope might be four. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's very possible, especially because it's, uh, as Restrepo said on t- Tuesday, he's strictly playing the slot, which, you know, I, Mike Harley can play on the outside too, but you've got enough guys, I think, on the outside that, that Harley's good enough in the slot. And, you know, it's just it's a little trickier to find playing time potentially right away for Restrepo. Um, but uh, so anyway, so a lot of these guys have, have reasons that we have them, you know, it's not just strictly performance-based and, and that, that means we start with number one on this list and that's Zion Nelson. Um, you know, again, not because of anything he seems to be doing wrong in practice, but uh, he has missed a couple practices. It seems uh, with an undisclosed injury or for some undisclosed reason, um, as you mentioned, it has moved DJ Scaife uh, up to the first team temporarily We've seen Jared Williams go from right tackle to left tackle, which I don't want to read too much into it, especially because Zion, you know, could easily be back tonight. Uh, and this could be totally old news by then. But, um, you know, Jared Williams moving over from right tackle to left tackle, it does seem it could be a suggestion that maybe the injury is not just a short term, not just like a one practice thing where you just plug the guy in on the first team. And, you know, they're, they're want to get a look, obviously, at Jared left tackle for a reason. Um Anyway, I, not time. You'll you'll talk to Manny Diaz tonight, and hopefully get some sort of update there. Mm-hmm. Um, not not time to panic, obviously, about Zion Nelson. But you know, this is a guy who's still developing a lot, and you know, every practice he misses at this point um, hurts, right? As he's you know, there's a he came into the year, came into the the, the summer kind of as a guy that people thought could maybe turn into a, a top ten first round type pick, and um, you know, we, we, we just haven't seen it yet. So, um, you know, the injury obviously could be a, a little bit of a hamper hampering for him. Yes. Um, I mean, he's, he's the one guy that, you know, all the, uh, all the, the analysts say, a lot of them say he has a first round. Yeah. Potential. So I, 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 just like you said, we can't really say his stock is down, but he's, if you're not practicing, it does make you worried. And I have heard that and we've seen it obviously with Scaife, but I've heard that they're they're making sure all those guys uh, play both um, on both sides, mm-hmm. or all of them are kind of switching around. Right. Um, so maybe they're just getting ready for whatever they have to get ready for, just in yeah. case. Um, yeah, I, I think they're doing that. 
Um, yeah, it's possible. The other thing, and, and this doesn't really matter that much, but like I said, coming right out of the draft, he was you were seeing him pop up in the top five, top ten in mock drafts. Now you're seeing him as kind of that fringe first rounder, which I think always made more sense. Um, but yeah, it's just a reminder that this guy's not he is not yet like the best left tackle in football. He's still a guy who has a ch- potential to be like an all-American type left tackle. Um, which again, him popping up so high on mock drafts was not his fault. Uh, so it's not, it's kind of a, an artificial stock down, but, but still worth mentioning at least. And, um, and way, wait, David, we haven't, we haven't talked about him at all. We haven't met him yet, but um, I, you know, I talked to somebody who told me that Justice Oluwazian, if I'm saying uh, it right, um, the redshirt junior yeah. uh, transfer, right. Um, out of UNLV. Um, uh, apparently he's doing very well. Okay. So, He's yeah, he's been playing. He's one of the you know he's one of the top four tackles, um, I think. So we got to keep our eye on him too. His stock might be going way up, and we don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. Again, with offensive line is a position we've not really been able to see a lot actually in practice because of where we stand and where they practice. But yeah, I think every time I've looked, he's been I think the second team left tackle for the most part. Um, with Scaife over as the. Uh, I don't know. He's been definitely one of the second team tackles. So yeah, good to mention him. Cause he's a guy who we just like really have not heard a lot about or, or talked much about um, another guy I haven't stocked down. Um, and again, it's probably just more like a, the jury is still out is Tyreek Stevenson. And that's strictly because I think when he transferred to Miami, everyone thought this guy was a lock to be the number one cornerback. And, you know, he still might be the number one cornerback when we get to the start of the season and they're making him earn it or whatever, but um, you know, on practice Tuesday, coming off of the first, coming off of the first scrimmage, um, he was on the second team uh, with uh, to Corey Couch and DJ Ivy as those first team cornerbacks. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a new position for Tyreek. He's moving back to corner after kind of playing striker ish position for uh, Georgia. So, so we'll he's still obviously competing at that spot um, and, and has not won the job yet like I, I think people thought was maybe a possibility yeah and maybe and maybe if they go with the three guys and he plays nickel yeah well um, I think to Corey Couch would play nickel probably right like that that's probably the most likely outcome is they're going to play three cornerbacks yeah. a lot and to Corey Couch who is you know the smallest of the three um and, and has that yeah. that uh chihuahua bulldog uh <laughs> mentality near the line of scrimmage is is the nickel um and then you get Tyreek and DJI maybe is the outside with obviously Al Blades coming off an injury um, and the myocarditis uh, he dealt with last year um, being a potential, you know, a potential factor there too. Yeah. I think they're, they're bringing him in slowly and, and so uh, Tyreek is practicing uh, some nickel. So, yeah. I mean, he's um, definitely got that too, right? That's like kind of what that position he played at, Georgia was right. That a striker is sort of a nickelback, and yeah, said he's doing some stuff there. So um, who knows how they're going to do it? I, I do think that DJ is is the number one guy now. I have a feeling, although we haven't. Interesting that we haven't talked to him yet. Maybe yeah. we'll get him next week or something. Yeah, that's a spot where there's still a lot has a chance to change, and and I think they feel pretty good about you know again that's a position that kind of like defensive end. They don't have a clear cut like NFL talent on there yet, but they've got a lot of guys. I think they feel pretty good about Um, number three. I've got on here uh, is Bradley Jennings jr. uh, Who started 
pretty much all year at middle linebacker last year. And, um, you know, obviously Miami was not happy with its linebacker play last year. Um, and that has Jennings kind of think fighting an uphill battle to get that starting job back. We, we mentioned Countress Smith at the top. Um, we also mentioned Corey Flagg looking like he's got the early edge at middle linebacker and, and Jennings, um, you know, who's one of the most experienced guys on this team, just in terms of age and how long he's been with the program. Um, you know, still seems to be trying to fight to get back onto that first team. And, uh, you know, with Miami, obviously you hope the competition breeds results, but, but for now um, he he's, does not seem like he is in position to start uh, when we look at week one against Alabama. No, he's definitely not. He's pretty much definitely not going to start if you're asking my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> well, I think the middle linebacker spot is a little more open as opposed to Will, where Keontra Smith seems to have taken a clear lead in the, in the competition. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for the, as far as I mean, as far as the, the middle goes, the, the interesting thing about, uh, you know, Corey Flagg, um, it, because I think he's. You know, I think they're happy with him, but but John Patkey did mention that he, I guess, in a way, you'd say he was freelancing a little bit. Right. That word, that's my word. It's a word that I've seen, you know, the coaches at UM have used uh, a lot over the years. Um, I, You know, Manny Diaz is very adamant that he wants guys to play their positions and don't start trying to make plays that belong to other people. Don't try to, you know, do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you think somebody else is screwing up, still do what you're supposed to do. Right. And, and, and I, I, he kind of said flat out, John Patkey said, and John is the inside linebackers coach, said that uh, he's been pressing, Corey was pressing during the first scrimmage and he can't make every play. Uh, you know, you've got to do your job at an elite level and the plays will come to you. Um, so he said, they think he has good instincts. Um, he runs the football, he plays really hard, but, uh, they don't want him. That's the one thing that can, that man, gets, gets Manny really upset. Cause then one person is out of whack and everybody is out of whack. Yeah. So I'm not ru- totally ruling out Jennings as, as ultimately being the starter. Um, but for now, like I said, it, this is a guy who like, if you look at, just the trajectory of his career. This should be the time when he's the clear starting middle linebacker and it's not happening right now. So um, that linebacker spot still clearly remains the biggest question on this roster. Um, Not a surprise, but I think you would have liked to maybe have a little more clarity on the position at this point. Counter Smith is a nice little revelation, but um, still, still a whole lot of question marks there. Yeah. And there's not a lot of, I don't know. They think there's a lot of depth, but, there's a lot of bodies. We, I think we talk that's about that's a very good way to say it. That's a very nice diplomatic way to say There's it. A lot of options, not a lot of guys who have proven themselves at all, right? I mean, you've got basically four guys plus Keontra who have like played significant snaps, right? Um, between Jennings and Wayman Steed, the other veteran, who's just kind of always been like the ex, you know, the other guy. He's always, you know, he's a depth guy. Um, and then flag plus Sam Brooks Jr. Who we, we mentioned and just the, you know, I've, I've always liked him, his potential. I think Miami has liked him a lot and we've seen him play well at times, but, but the injuries just make it hard to ever 
know what you're going to totally get from him. And then there's a couple, you know, you mentioned Tyreek Austin K. There's Avery Hutt. Like they've got, they've got guys, just not a lot of proven guys. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another spot, you know, we've talked a lot about freshmen and they've got two freshmen there too. And uh, Deshaun Troutman and Tyler Johnson, younger brother, Jaquan Johnson. And, and those are two of the freshmen we haven't heard a lot about either. So yeah, yeah some, some real, real major question marks still at that spot. Um, I think the hope is that Manny Diaz coming back to the defense and bringing his linebackers pedigree uh, can fix some of that, but we won't know until, until Alabama and, you know, as, as we get into basically the, the couple of games after that, that Miami probably has a better chance to, to actually win. Um, anyone else you, you've got to mention uh, here? Uh, no, I mean. Uh, yeah, the stock down's a little trickier, as we mentioned. Stock down is, yeah, I don't. I don't practice, you don't want to give up on anyone too quickly. I don't think Tyreek, I told you, I don't think his stock is down. I, 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 I it's still. I, I mean, it's. I'd still bank on him being the starting a starter on opening day. I yeah, guess is probably the way to put it. Probably. I mean, we we see you know we see a picture. I mean, I it's not going to be. Um, I would definitely not, for example, say that Al Blade's stock is down because he's being, right. Uh, he's being integrated into practice because of I guess of um, yeah, he had that and then a leg injury too. Like he's he's had a couple things over the last 12 months basically that have hampered him. Yeah. And I but I think he's I think he's really good corner. And um you know, but but I I'm very doubtful he's not gonna start. He just hasn't hasn't played enough. So I mean I you know, I agree with you on Tyreek Stevenson, and I think we all saw that picture of him. Um mm-hmm being beat by Rambo, right? In the scrimmage. Yeah. On a one-handed catch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I don't worry too much about stuff like that. Like singular totally, plays, but it's, yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, I don't, that's what I, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't overreact, but, but also I'd, I'd like to see him win that job. Right. And right now it's still a competition. Um, yeah. A couple other guys I, I had mentioned here, uh, one Wayman Steed, who I mentioned just, you know, started quite a bit last year and uh, does not seem to be really in the mix right now. Obviously, as we said, that linebacker spot's wide open. Uh, Chance Williams, another one who's kind of injuries there, um, who was after Cam Williams um, was, I guess, dismissed from the – I don't know how we would phrase it, but um, academics forced him to to leave the team. Um, It seemed like Chance Williams had a pretty good chance to be like the number four defensive end. Still probably has a pretty good chance, but obviously, um, you know, he's competing right now in, in an injury. Um, we don't know how serious anything would be. Um, would obviously, uh, you know, hurt his push there. Um, and then Jalen Knighton's the other one I got to mention, just not because, like, again, a, a guy who I don't think his play has been necessarily any, like, he's been good, and I'm sure he's going to play this year, but uh, was it Manny Diaz or Rhett? One of them said they kind of yeah, would like to have a, a top two running back. Comp- yeah. Like they would like to have a top two. Um, and it would seem as if Cam Harris and Don Chaney are the leaders at that, that position right now, which could leave Knighton, you know, a little bit um, left out. Um, but again, I think his receiving ability and, you know, that's a position where you need depth because of injuries. Um, I mean, he'll probably still play a pretty good amount, but, but for now, I think, 
uh, you know, he's still trying to push to get into that top two. Whereas I think, um, you know, coming into the season, I don't know where we would have slotted him on the depth chart, but obviously, you know, he started at least once last year. So, um, you know, he's, he's got some ground to make up. It seems like at that position. Yeah. I think, um, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I think Don Chaney, the only thing with Chaney is, you know, is he had the shoulder surgery. Right. And he's another guy. You mentioned Cam Harris was in that red non-contact last week. Uh, Chaney was also, or was he in that or he, he was being held out of some stuff? So no, he was, he was in the red. Chaney was in yeah. the red, actually more sessions. Cam, I saw one session practice session last yeah. week on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, they both were not, they both were in regular uh, jerseys, uh, you know, they both were not. So I would, I would say if Cheney's okay, health-wise, I would say he is ahead of, uh, of Jalen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's obviously always the question with running backs, which is just a spot where, where guys get dinged up a little bit um, yep. and could miss a game here or there um, pretty easily or miss a series here and there pretty easily. Um, cool. All right. I think uh, that, that about covers it this week. Um so you'll be heading out to practice tonight. We've got another scrimmage on Saturday, right? This week instead of Sunday. Obviously, yes. we will not be there for it, but uh, yeah. Miami will put out a, uh, a a very flattering highlight reel, and Manny Diaz will talk about it. They'll give us some stats. Um, and then uh, we're not in a game week yet next week, but we are getting really, really close. Um, how are you feeling? Just – you know, Miami, 18 point underdog at Alabama. You started asking some of the guys about it. I know. How are you feeling with two weeks to go basically here until the season starts? Uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the defense. Yeah. If I were, if I were going to, if I was going to say I was worried about one thing, um, it would be defense more secure about the offense. I mean, that's a general, I think pretty much everybody that covers the team thinks the same thing um so i'm you know since i did a linebacker story this week <laughs> it's it and even though i i think keontra smith is probably really good i just the whole situation is a little nerve-wracking as far as the defense goes yeah yeah they uh you know i don't think the defense is ever going to be able to do anything this in uh training camp to like change our opinion about them right it was always going to take a game and again alabama you know, there's, there's always a chance Alabama just overwhelms Miami and we don't actually get a sense of what this defense looks like until they play, you know, Michigan state a few weeks later, uh, Virginia in the ACC opener. But yeah, I mean, I just, as the game, I, I, as we get closer, I feel a little less confident about Miami's chances to upset Alabama, not because of anything we're seeing in practice, but just like, you know, just like once it starts to feel more like once the game starts to become more tangible, uh, an upset starts to feel uh, a little tougher. Yeah, me too. I, you know, I I do think I I do think UM. You know, we'll talk about this more. UM, yeah, we, we got a couple of weeks, obviously. UM, UM will put points on the board. Yes, I, I mean, I, I more than three, more than ten, more than whatever. But there, but I just, it's the defense that's concerning. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the best way to put it. Uh, we'll obviously get a lot more into that as the weeks go by. Uh, until then, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smillerdegnan. Uh, she's got all your daily coverage of um, Miami football. Um, also got a couple of weeks out still, but our, our preview section will be coming, so she'll have a uh, 
a big feature coming obviously soon to kind of preview the season. We'll have lots of content from that trickling out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, I've been out there pretty good amount. Um, I also, it's high school football season, as I mentioned. So uh, if you're into following that kind of stuff, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2, like I said. Uh, and be sure to just check out miamiherald.com for, for all of our coverage of everything. Uh, it is a busy time of the year. Obviously, with Dolphins uh, really getting close to their season, um, high schools, like I said, diving into their season, University of Miami right on the horizon, baseball wrapping up. So, uh, yeah, good time to uh, to subscribe to the Miami Herald. Um, but until next week, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll, we'll talk to you later.